Welcome to the OAESP Principal Podcast. This is Glenn Absher, the Executive Director of the Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals. We recorded this episode several weeks ago, and in the middle of the episode, we talk about uh, the OAESP Principal Leadership Conference that will be coming up in, no- in November. And in the middle of, the, of this episode that you're going to hear today, uh, we make the announcement that we can't make the can't quite announce yet who the uh, keynote speakers are going to be. So I'm just adding this uh, programming note um, that we can now uh, release that. So the OAESP Leadership Conference will be November 9th and 10th. It will be held at the Embassy Suites in downtown Oklahoma City in the Medical Center area. The opening keynote is going to be Tammy Evans. Her session is titled Lighten Up and Lead, Leveraging Levity for Connection, Culture, and Engagement. You will be entertained, you will laugh, and you will learn to improve communication, increase self-confidence, and learn to keep your staff energized. And that will be our opening key- keynote on November 9th. And then our closing keynote on November 10th will be Dr. Brad Johnson. His session is called Leading Through Serving. You will learn to transform your school by understanding your own strengths and your own leadership style. Dr. Johnson is an author of 10 books and has traveled the globe speaking and training teachers and school leaders. So I hope you will join us and enjoy today's episode with the one and only Janelyn Taylor. Welcome to the OAESP Principal Podcast. This podcast features elementary principals and assistant principals across the great state of Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, we have Janelyn Taylor. She is the principal of Nance Elementary School in Clinton, Oklahoma, and she's also the 2018 National Distinguished Principal and the Oklahoma Principal of the Year. And currently, she serves as the 2022-2023 OAESP President. I'm Glenn Absher, the Executive Director of the Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals. Janelyn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Glenn. It's good to see you today. It's great, great, great to see you. And um, we're going to go ahead and just dive in here. Let's just start off with, tell us how you got to where you are now. Tell us kind of what your experiences are and how you got into um, administration. Okay. Um, Like a lot of teachers, I grew up in a home where education was big. My dad was a principal and superintendent. My mom had a teaching degree, uncles, aunts, all through the family. Um, education was just something I grew up with. My mom says early on, I want to be a teacher. That was what I always talked about. Um, and that was my goal all through college, high school, um, was to get my teaching credentials. And I started out in, at, here in Clinton 40 years ago, I started in 82. Um, love the district, have just um, found such great things happening here that I wanted to stay and make this my home. And Um, I started out as a fourth grade teacher, moved to third grade, did some math lab classes, uh, did a few little uh, classes in fifth and sixth, and then decided I wanted to go to early childhood. And so I went back and got my master's in early childhood and taught pre-K, kindergarten, and um, then became a principal and started here at Nance Elementary as a principal in 2007. And so that's kind of the route I've taken and um, and always 
appreciate everyone that's helped me as I've gone through that route because um, I've had some great mentors along the way. And that's going to lead me directly into my next question <laughs> about about mentors because I, I think that we all uh, in our profession, whether uh, it's an official mentor or an unofficial mentor, have had somebody that has guided us, saw something else that we didn't necessarily see in ourselves. So talk a little bit about who were some of your mentors and, and, and why? And of course, like I said, my family members were a big influence, but um, I had a principal um, whenever I first started, uh, Mr. Daryl Trissel, and he was a man that loved children. He just instilled in his whole staff that kids were why we were there. They were um, precious. They, he just had a kindness that went above and beyond. Um, he knew that if he reached students with relationships, that he could get kids to do lots of things. And um, I just felt like he, that love of children and love of learning was something that he instilled in me. And um, really blessed everybody he met just through what he did. He was not a loud person. He was, he just always had a smile, always made you feel good and valued education, knew how important it was, um, knew how to reach the whole child. Um, he was one of the, probably the biggest mentors that I ever had. He was my first principal that I had. And I think has just really set the tone of how I feel about education um, and then I've had great superintendents and great principals that I've worked with. Uh, each one bring a certain aspect that really um, challenged me, made me look in different directions for answers, um, and helped me look for solutions. Um, and uh, I, I hate to name any specific names besides Mr. Trissel because there's so many. And then teachers. I've had teachers that, you know, have been great mentors to me that have taught me skills that I haven't learned from anyone else, but besides from teachers. Okay, very good. So what are some things that you do that makes your staff feel like that they are supported and um, appreciated? But not, not only your teachers, but your entire staff. Well, one of the things that we always say in our building is everyone in our building is a teacher. Um, it doesn't matter what your um, defined role is, you are a teacher. Um, and everyone, we're, we are so big on relationships that everyone has an opportunity to build a relationship in a, that we might not expect that relationship to come from. And so that's our first step is we all are teachers at our building. We're all educators. We're, we all reach kids. Um, we do lots of things. We worked with PTO on having the snack cart come through our buildings um, on a regular basis. I send out thank you notes to teachers. Um, I have a list of a checklist and mark those off as I send them out. Um, we also uh, have special event days during the year. So some of the normal things that we always do, one of the things that I, that I think may be a little different is I really look for teachers that are wanting to try something new, but they're a little bit nervous about how to go about that, or they have an idea, but they don't know how to make it happen. And um, sometimes I think that brainstorming with them, spending the time to say, okay, how could we make that work? What could it look like? Um, 
really shows how I appreciate and value their opinion. And that has that has been really strong for me reaching to reaching teachers and make them making them feel valued and appreciated. So several years ago, probably about four years ago, I, I came and visited your your school as part of the um, committee for the um, Oakland Principal of the Year and and uh, NDP. And so one of the things that uh, a couple of things that just kind of jumped out at me about your school is your um, out there on your playground, you have where the kids can make music. Yes. And, and, and that, that, that was done through some grants, I, I believe. But can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. I, um, and really, I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, this is my passion, these special places at our school yes. uh, that, have, <laughs> that have been be created by teachers. Uh, our maintenance crew has done a great job working with teachers, but our teachers have found a niche in writing grants and looking at what our kids need and do, um, needs are, and then writing grants to address that. We have three spaces that are really special places. One, we actually did have to do some um, changes on it this year because we had to move in a temporary building, which is great. Don't get me wrong, we passed a bond issue. So we are making some changes, but it is an area that's a sensory outdoor playground and students could, we had colorful pipes that were different lengths. So students could, it was almost like you, Padded on the top of them, and it was like an organ, different um, notes by the different lengths of the pipe. We had um, some pans and um, pots that were hanging on a wall, and spoons attached that you could bang on and make noises. We had bi bicycle spokes, a wheel that they could spin the wheel and um, use the spoon to make noises with the spokes. So that was, and then sand uh, sand tables that were. Um, wheelchair accessible so kids could play in the sand and build things in the sandboxes. Um, so it was a really neat, unique area for our kids. Um, our second area that teachers created was through a Lowe's grant. They did a reading garden, um, very special place. It has bricks that were from our brick plant here in town. It has um, a uh, wooden teepee, a wooden boat, a wooden um, area that has honeysuckle dangling over the edges of it, um, a whole uh, area that is a round um, area that has benches that a whole class can sit and the teacher can read to them all outside. So it's also a unique place that every year we add a little bit more. We've added birdhouses and we've made it um, a nature garden. Uh, right now we've got some corn growing out there and some vegetables. So it's it's grown as we've grown. And then um, the third one that we're really proud of is our sensory room. And that room, the special ed teacher, counselor, and a therapist that comes to our school, they were able to create a rock wall, uh, a foam pit, a platform that kids could crawl under with flashlights, um, all kinds of special lighting. So those three um, are prime examples of what our teachers can do when they have a vision and really make it come to life. And, and it has definitely benefited our students. And yeah, and we, we were just so impressed by, by, by all <laughs> that. And, um, but the other thing that I was also, um, intrigued by was your intergenerational pre-k was it pre-k yes it is it's our intergenerational uh, pre-k yes yeah that, 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 that's actually held at a nursing home it is we have um clinton therapy uh living center graciously 11 years ago 
um, host, began hosting two classrooms of pre-K there. And so our two classrooms are on one wing of the uh, nursing home and that's connected through a hallway. And so our two classes are there all day long. There's two teachers, two assistants. And then um, during the week, students can go over and participate with the exercise classes with the seniors. We call them grand buddies. Um, and they can do exercises with the grand buddies. And they also have uh, reading time with the grand buddies. Sometimes that's doing puzzles or uh, books, but, uh, and then the class can walk down the hall, wave at the, at the residents, and it's been a great connection between the, uh, our littles and the seniors, so. Yeah, um, I, when we visit that, that intergenerational uh, pre-K there, I'd love seeing the interaction between your four-year-old four and the, and the uh, seniors that they were, they were living there, and uh, just, just, just love that. Yeah, it, it has been really special. I think when I talked to the teachers the other day, our first group that went through, there are eighth graders now. And um, and they still speak highly of it. Um, and in fact, we had a visitor from England that came to see what our school was like. And she's returning again after about five years um, this week to come back and see how things are going. So we're anxious to get to share more with her too. That's awesome. That's yes. awesome. So if you could give one piece of advice to somebody who is just stepping into a personal role or somebody who aspires to become a, a public school administrator, what, what kind of advice would, would, would you give them? Hmm. Um, be kind, um, listen, um, uh, know that people are not always going to agree with you. You're not gonna make everyone happy. But even in the hard conversations, you can be kind. You can um, let them know that you care. Um, with your kids, they just want they just want to be loved. They they will do anything for, um, you know. They, their behavior is based on something besides them just wanting to be naughty. There's too many things, Glenn. I can't can't narrow it down to a few. Yeah. But, um, really, kindness is um, a little bit of kindness goes a long way. Is a sign that's in my room, in my office, and um, I think that's kind of what leads my heart every day um, with teachers, with staff, with parents. Just keeping that in mind. Now, you've been a member of OAESP and COSA for a number of of years. And uh, and so this year you're serving as um, as president. You last year served as president elect. Mm -hmm. uh, you have served as the uh, Northwest Regional Rep um, for about four years, I think three three to four years. Mm -hmm. yes. And um, so, talk a little bit about why do you think it's important for administrators to become a member of their state association or or even national. And what does it mean to you to, to be able to serve um, in your association? Well, um, being a, an administrator is kind of a lonely position sometimes. Um, you, the people that you work with in the building and um, they, they, that role is totally different as far as you have to look at everything in a really big lens as an educator. And sometimes there is no, um, especially in some of the smaller schools, but even in the bigger ones, 
you want as much networking as possible with other people. And you need that strength that they give you. You need the ideas that they give you. Um, there, of course, with OAESP and NA, NA, <laughs> just went blank, sorry. Um, with both organizations, there are lots of benefits besides the ne networking that are valuable to us. Um, insurance, um, all those things that come along with that. But we need to raise each other up raise each other up as administrators and give each other strength. And this, these organizations do that. They give us the power that we need to know how to run a school effectively and not just the management part, the actual instructional part, all of the steps that go with being a good leader. And I feel like that both of these organizations help me do that. They give me the knowledge and uh, information, who to call, where to reach out to, um, to make me, make me a better leader and make me better at my job. And as far as um, what it means to me to be in this position as president of OAESP, first of all, it's such an honor um, just to know that there are such, uh, so many good administrators in Oklahoma that I get to reach out to and learn from and hear what they want to know more about in our state. Um, and I, I know that a lot of administrators may not know how strong OAESP and COSA are in things in Oklahoma, but it is you know definitely um, a place, no matter what you're trying to find an answer for, that you can call and say, hey, I need some help with this. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be there for us. Um, and the relationships I've built and want to build this year in the future with administrators across the state is invaluable to um, me and to those that hopefully I can help bring answers to. Yep. And so the OAESP um, Leadership Conference will take place November 9th and 10th uh, here in Oklahoma City. Uh, we do have a, um, a, a keynote speaker. Uh, however, I cannot release that name just yet because I'm still waiting. Big on secret. <laughs> on, on the contract and uh but it will be somebody that people will want to come and uh, hear and so uh if you're listening make plans to to attend that november 9th and 10th so janeline as we kind of uh, wrap things up here the purpose of this podcast is to elevate the voices of our oklahoma administrators so as we close um what are some of your final thoughts Oh, I hope everybody has a great year. It's, um, you know, I, I know that there's some things, teacher shortages are kind of one of those things that are out there, but every year we start the school year, whether we're ready or not, the kids are here. It's always great. And we're excited. And I hope everyone's excited for this year to start. Um, please reach out. If you find that you have a question or you want to know more about whether it's TLE or trainings or anything that we can do through OAESP to help you out, please reach out to the association or to myself and let us help you with what we can. Um, but let's make 22-23 a great year. All right. Thank you, Janelyn, for being on the podcast. If you're not a member of COSA or OAESP, please join. Go to www.cosa.org. That's C-C-O-S-A.org. 
and click join to learn more about the benefits of being a member. We also offer professional development for new principals in their first five years of service called the New Principals Academy. And for veteran principals, check out the COSA Principal Coaching and Mentoring Training. And recently, we just started the very first cohort of the Oklahoma Principal Leadership Institute. And that um, application period is already closed for this year, but it will open again in March for, uh, ne- for next year. And of course, as we all also mentioned, the OA ESP Leadership Conference is November 9th and 10th in Oklahoma City. As always, go be awesome and keep doing great things in our public schools.